When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome along to Classic Fights Down the Rocky Road, where we'll be reviewing some of the forgotten and some unforgettable moments to have ever taken place in the ring. I'm Simon Maguire, and on this week's show, I'm delighted to be joined by boxing writer for the Irish Sun, Kevin Byrne, and by former four-weight Irish champion, Jim Rock. Gents, welcome to the show. How you doing? Thanks, Simon. And as we know, this week's show is Kevin's choice. Kevin, what have you got for us? We're going to look back at a classic from August the 25th, 2007. Well, I say a classic. It's a big fight in terms of Irish boxing. Not necessarily a classic, because it only lasts for 86 seconds. It is, of course, Bernard Dunn's European title defence, super bantamweight against Spanish killer Kiko La Sensacion Martinez. Unfancy 21-year-old coming up in the point depot and winning in one round. Yeah, it was a bit of a stunner all right at the time, wasn't it? Jim, you were, you were there. You were working on TV commentary, weren't you? I was working. I was working for doing the commentary on, on, the, uh, on the fight. Um, it, was, it was the night before, the next day, the point depot, as we knew it, got knocked down and then was rebuilt as the as the O2. And I think one of my last comments during the commentary was that uh, they don't need uh, demolition men or JCBs. I says they could just get Keegan Martinez and knock down the building, really. Yeah, unbelievable! What what a night! Like uh, for that famous uh, for that famous venue that all the people who came and shook it up over the years. The last person to really do so was. A Spaniard we'd never really heard of until that stage, but still going strong. He's he went on to win a world title, has had a couple of big fights in Ireland since, a few small ones as well, and uh, a name that is going to be memorable to every single Irish boxing fan, Kiko Martinez. Yeah, he's a tr- a tremendous looking athlete. I mean, when you look at the uh, again, I said that I uh, made a. A comparison to him and Mike Tyson I said he was like a little mini Mike Tyson and that's exactly the way he was built you could see by looking at him he was just powerful so I mean I think that you know if Bernard had to get over the first one two or three rounds we would have seen a different outcome in the fight with with, Buck, yeah. with Bernard's uh, skill but he just wasn't prepared for that sort of power and to be hit with them shots at the very start of the fight. It's the worst time you can be hit with, with shots like that. Yeah. And that's the fight plan laid down by Harry Hawkins, Bernard Dunn's trainer. Stay out of this guy's way for the first couple of rounds. Do not engage with him. 
box him at distance, stay out of his way. And and Jim, something you said at the at the start is interesting. How it was the last fight before the point came, came down, like the following day. So Bernard Dunn had defended his European title in a voluntary defence against the Norwegian, I think Wallstadt, in June. And only eight Wallstatt, weeks later, yeah. He's, yeah, he's fighting um, Kiko in a, another European title defence. So he doesn't have long between the fights. Um, now, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, be, shouldn't be too much drama for a great fighter or for a top fighter, but maybe Bernard in later years felt he didn't give himself enough downtime before taking on the Kiko Martinez fight. I uh, know I would disagree with that. I think you're better off having your fights in quick succession because it means you're not getting out of shape and uh, mm. you can keep up your training. And, um, you know, I think I'd say 95% of fighters wish they had more fights rather than having the breaks in between. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, like, I mean, if you, if, if you go into eight or 10 weeks proper training for a fight like that, and then let's say he fights uh, Wild Sad and then um, takes a week off and then gets back into training again. I mean, like he's going to be he's going to be in good shape for the fight. He's going to be in good yeah. shape to start his training. He can build on the fitness that he has already. So I, I wouldn't agree with that at all. Okay. I, 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 so, did find it very, I did find it very odd. I remember now the Norwegian fight and just as Orti were bringing the broadcast to an end to go, they put up the the tail of the tape for the Kiko fight. I thought, geez, that's coming. It didn't dawn me at the time, but now that you mention it, like his career was almost guided by the, the demolition of the, the O2 or the point at the time. Well, see, I think like Brian Peters obviously was the promoter at the time. And they knew that the, the point was getting knocked down. Obviously these things are, you know, are, are planned well in advance. So I would say that they, they had been talking to the, to the point, they've been talking to RTE, been talking to the sponsors, and been obviously talking to Bernard as well, and said, "Listen, point is being knocked down. We have got a date. The day before it's getting knocked down, will we do this?" And obviously, everyone was in agreement. So, uh, looking back at August twenty fifth, two thousand seven, the UK number one was Simon. I know you love this tune, "Stronger" by Kanye West. I'm going down as a legend, whether or not you like me or not. <laughs> I'd say, Jim, you've seen the USA number one film a few times. Super bad. No, I don't watch films. You don't, hold on a second. You don't watch films? No. That's really? Why not? <laughs> I just don't. I'd, I'd, be a, I'd be a lover of maybe the soaps and X Factor and America's Got Talent. That's what I would watch. I don't watch films. Jeez, Never really play. do. Unless it was years ago I was trying to bring in, get an get old, old board or something I might bring her to the pictures but apart from that yeah. no at did that stage I was married so, so I didn't go to the pictures anymore yeah. what about, about Rain of Fire did you see that one I did see it but obviously I was on the film set for quite a lot of it um, but um, you know I can't say I remember it I don't think it was a good film anyway was it yeah, I don't think I've seen it actually <laughs> No, I, I don't think it got. I don't think it got very many reviews. You know, obviously, uh, I trained Machu for his fight scene with Christian Bale, and uh, he he came to one of my fights. He done my corner for one of my fights. Carried the spit bucket for me and was in the corner for me and so on and so forth. Real nice fella. Um, we had him in we had him in Mountjoy Prison, um, sparring with the well, he wasn't sparring. I was sparring the prisoners. And he was sparring me in the prison yard with maybe 200 prisoners around. Like a real cool dude. Yeah. 
that's a whole other podcast by the way holy shit <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah we'll get back to that on another day all right all right uh, all so, right all right it's a, yeah so the point depot i see why i see though the strategy bernard dunn has made it um his home you know he's he's won the european title there and uh against well, what's the guy's name again his, his name is slipping my mind Asian pickering Asian pickering yes and um it's a it's a decent era of Irish boxing. You've got if Dunn's not headlining, you've got maybe John Duddy is headlining, or you've got um, Andy Lee is headlining a couple of cards as well. And that night in two thousand seven at the at the uh, the Point Depot, everything comes together because you've got a card here that features Matthew Macklin, Andy Lee, Paul McCluskey, Bernard Dunn, and uh, you've got Ricky Hatton in the house. He's working Matthew Macklin's corner. You've got Emmanuel Stewart in the house. He's working. Um, Stewart's in Lee's corner. You got, yeah, you've got Brian McGee on the card as well, who goes on to win a w- version of a world title. So this is one of the most star-studded nights in Irish boxing. You've got you know GA players there in in the crowd. I think David Fitzgerald is there, and it's it's really this is the high point nearly of Ortiz Pro Box series, which you featured on a couple of times yourself, Jim. But it was massive in getting a lot of people into into the sport as well. It converted a lot of people into fans of Irish boxing. It's a very exciting time when Kiko Martinez comes to town. Yeah, it was a, it was a great show. Um, and I think it's, again, I say, like, it's it's all the brainchild of Brian Peters. Um, he's the one that brought the big-time boxing back to, to Ireland and put on these big shows. Um, and he always had this gift of getting, you know, celebrities and stars um, in the in the audience, you know, to come to these fights, you know, he... So, um, but, you know, again, this fight probably by some people would seem as being rushed, but it obviously had the, had the tie in with the, with the demolition of the point. Otherwise he would have been, you know, I don't know how long it took for the point to get done. Was it two years or something like that? Was it? Well, uh, yeah, by March, 2009, Bernard Dunn is fighting, um, Ricardo Cordoba. That's the first boxing match back at the, uh, at the three arena, as it was called. Uh, I think was it the O2 actually, or anyway at the at the it venue. The, the O2. That was my last fight. Yeah, against uh, Furlan, wasn't it? Against Furlan, yeah. So um, you fought Jim, if I recall. You fought at the exact same time the uh, the lads were winning the the Grand Slam on the big screen. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I remember during the fight. I think it was about round seven or something like that. I'd win ten rounds something, and I remember. Uh, we had a little sort of, let's say, a little burst of punches between us. And then next of all, I hear the crowd, yay, and cheering and shouting. And, and I looked and I said, Jesus, he's still back in there. I thought he was on the deck, but he wasn't yeah. cheering at the Grand Slam. I was wondering what yeah. you were cheering at. I want to go to Bernard Dunn's book, My Story. Uh, and he's talking about Kiko. Uh, he introduced it with a quote from Muhammad Ali. They say when you get hit you and you hurt bad, you see black lights, the black lights of unconsciousness. But I don't know nothing about that. I've had 28 fights and 28 wins. I ain't never been stopped. That's Muhammad Ali in, in 1967. And uh, in 2007, Bernard Dunn is identifying with that. He's saying he hasn't seen the black lights either. 24 fights, 24 wins, super bantamweight champion of Europe, never been stopped. Never had any reason but to be supremely confident in my own ability. I know what this kid is. 21 years old, 16 wins and zero defeats, 14 knockouts, unbeaten as an amateur, a phenomenal puncher. But the Spaniards know, and there's a 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot of bets on, isn't there? I think 66 to 1, his whole crew gets on him. And yep. uh, Wadham Falls is... Madness. Uh, who who was who were you working with at the time? Jimmy McGee. Do you, do you recall? Uh, do you recall the excitement just as the fight started? Yeah, Jimmy was doing the the ring at like the commentary at the side of the ring. So I was up in the commentary box with um, Darren Maloney and McDowell. Um, so I think Jimmy would have done the the commentary at the side of the ring, probably with Dave Boy McCauley. Um, but it was a great atmosphere. There was a like, I mean, like, you know, Bernard used to come out to that. I used to always call it this of the devil song, whatever. It, I don't know what it's called, but it, it, it always reminds me of the music from, from the Omen. And uh, I mean, the crowd was just going mad. And then, you know, like 86 seconds later, you could hear a, a pin drop in the place. I mean, no one could believe what happened. It's just, yeah, it's just one of them. One of them nights that you'll never forget. Um, you know, he was the he was the star of Irish boxing at the time. He had built up a massive, massive, massive following. Um, had all the TV stations, the papers, the radio stations. Everyone was on board, and then it yeah. just all came crashing down very, very, very quickly. But again, yeah. that's that's boxing for you, and that's the thing where you yeah. can never sort of you can never take your success too much for granted because you know it's just one punch can change everything in boxing and that's a fine example of it absolutely i'll take up the i'll take up the uh the prologue from bernard dunn's uh autobiography my story he says i start well i don't follow harry's instructions to stay out of range in the early going i fire off a flurry of punches left lead and a right cross followed by two left hooks to the body no damage inflicted so i stand tall and wait for another another opportunity this is my town my ring i throw a left Kiko is waiting. He counters with a right, followed by a savage left uppercut. Down I go. Da- dazed, I, I jump up. I claim it was a slip. It wasn't a slip. I look to the corner. I can't make them out. On the count of seven, I nod to the referee, Terry O'Connor, that I'm fine. The end is coming just after the beginning. He hits me with a right hook. I'm backpedaling. My guard is wide open. He sets himself up with a right hand over the top. It whizzes past my left eye. He steadies himself and lets it go again. It connects with the top of my temple. It ruins me. After that, I recall, lads, there was a flurry to the corner. Kiko landed, I think, a couple of rights, then two consecutive big left hooks, and the referee stops the fight. Uh, 
I remember where I watched it. I watched it in my local pub in Blessington, the West Wicklow House. And a friend of mine got back from the toilet. And he's like, when, you know, he was shocked. Was, When's the fight starting? And I imagine that was the experience for a lot of people in the arena. People getting back from the bar, people entering the arena. And the fight's over. It was, it was fairly shocking to see. Certainly, I don't think it had happened. Certainly in, in any headliner as part of the Pro Box series, anything live on Irish TV, it was a bit unprecedented. People hadn't seen anything like it for a long time. You know, I suppose he's, he's described it exactly. Um, yeah. There was a lot of people in the point depot who missed the fight because, as you know, in between fights, people go out and get a drink in the bar and then, and then when the fight starts, they're drinking that, that last sup and they're trying to lower back their drink and then they come back in and the fight was over. I mean, it was just... It was it was a night that there were so much expectations um, and I suppose a lot of them were on Bernard's own shoulders. Um, but I mean, Bernard losing, I suppose it, 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 it had its repercussions then for, for a lot of other fighters because a lot of other fighters on the undercard were all relying on Bernard Dunn to win for the shows to continue and for them to keep getting work as mm. such, you know, and Bernard was the, he was the main man at the time. He was the main draw and I mean, yeah. I mean the sponsors were involved with Bernard, you know, so I mean, it, it had sort of repercussions for the rest of the undercard even though the boxing still went on, but it didn't go on in as much of a, there wasn't as much of a, there wasn't as much of a, um, of people wanting to go. in Dublin, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that there was with with, with Bernard Dunn, you know. Of course, the demolition of the point meant they had to go on the road. Fights took place in Cork, in Mayo, part of Bernard Dunn's comeback took, took part of the Briefy House. So things had to go on the road as well, yeah. Yeah, they had to go on the road. Um, it's funny. It's I, funny I, how the demolition of the point kind of gave him the space to to, to fight at a smaller smaller venues and, and build himself back up and ultimately get the shot at Cordoba, though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, um, well, I mean, like, I, I I think like with any fighter, like when you get beaten, you come back and you have one or two fights or three fights, and then you you go back in at the sort of top end again, and that's what he done. And um, I mean, like talking about. Um, Coming back and I'm 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 winning the winning the world title at that time. I mean, like, I would say that certainly fifty percent of the people there, even though they would have paid in that money, they didn't think that Bernard would have would have won that fight. Absolutely. And and, and I was one of them. And I said it on. Uh, I was in the commentary box. You didn't I pay in, was you? Sorry. You didn't pay in. You're all right. <laughs> I didn't pay in because I fought. I know, yeah. I'm so, so I got paid for fighting, and then I got paid by RTE to do the commentary later on. So it was great. <laughs> I got paid twice. Yeah. But, but we, myself, and Matthew Macklin and Mick Dowling, we were doing the commentary. Now, before, yeah. before they, uh, like on the on the sort of TV, they'd say to you, "Listen, lads, when we come back after the break, we're going to ask you what you think and who you think is is going to win, and so on and so forth." And the three of us didn't think that Bernard was going to win. The three of us. So when they asked us live on TV, well, Mick Dowland said that, oh, well, like, Bernard might win on points. And I was there listening to it. said, Jim, what do you think? And I said, look, I, I don't think he's going to win. You know, I think this fella is too good. And Macklin said, I oh, know, I think Bernard's going to win. So when I went to the next break, I, I said to the, to the two of them, I said, you said a pair of shits. I says, I says like, you didn't say what you said. You know, and they said, oh, yeah. So when the fight was over, Matthew Macklin, all credit to him, he said, oh, listen, to be honest, um, 
uh, like I didn't think Bernard was going to win. He says, he says, so I have to agree with Jim. He says, you know what I mean? He says, so uh, that was it. So they, they sort of backtracked on what they said. But yeah. nobody, nobody, nobody thought, I think that Bernard was going to beat that fella. And like he did. I mean, he boxed out of his skin that night. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen a sort of, I don't, I don't know if we've seen a performance like that by an Irish professional. Um, I know I never did. Uh, before or after that fight. You know, that was just an unbelievable performance. Well, it's definitely, uh, we're actually going to definitely do that episode in a couple of weeks' time. And uh, it's because it was, it was probably, for most people who were in attendance, it was the greatest sporting sporting uh, event they ever attended, I would imagine. For me, I don't think anything has ever topped it. Uh, and I've been I've been at a couple that have been close. But no, I don't think anything has really, has really topped Bernard Dunn beating Ricardo Cordoba. But, when you when you lose in the first round like you did against Kiko and uh, we're not trying to do this episode to rub it into Bernard I really want to actually demonstrate the melt, mental fortitude it took to come back from a loss like that like Simon you were saying there's not many like we were discussing this prior to recording there's not many boxers who've managed to be knocked out in the first round and come back and become world champions like Manny Pacquiao had a couple early stoppages in his career but you know not too many yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the American, of course, uh, had his, his stunning loss against Prescott, which is, and Prescott was a big puncher like Kiko as well, an, an, unher- an unheralded name, and, but had a, he looked at his record, you kind of thought, you know, this guy could be dangerous. And he stunned the, 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 the crowd in the UK that night, but like Dunn can, can rebound it, obviously, and we, we, we know how he went on to win the world titles then, you know. But it, it doesn't yeah, happen I, that you're right. No, I think we have, um, Lennox didn't have to Lennox lose a couple of times when he was a uh, world champion. Didn't he get yeah. knocked out by two fellas, by Rackman and by someone else as well? And he came back and and beat them Se- in the second in the and second and third rounds. Yeah, like and he, he managed he managed to actually beat them in uh, or he managed to win the rematches. I don't think Can didn't didn't take on Prescott in a rematch. Dunn didn't take on um, Kiko in a rematch. Although I believe he wanted to. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's very rare that a fighter gets knocked out in the first round and comes back to win a world title within two years. So it's a famous, unforgettable night. Disadvantage he has in height, and one would presume in reach as well. Dunn goes first with the left lead, followed by the right cross. He's like a miniature Mike Tyson here. He's got the black boots on. He's got a separate style too. A small and he got And he's caught Dunn. And the count. Dunn disagrees with that. Said he tripped over and fell, but he was certainly caught in some shape or form. What a sensation inside the first 35 seconds. And Les Sensation is trying to live up to his nickname. Dunn has got to gather his thoughts now and box his way out of this. Martinez going after him. Oh, and he's got it again, Dunn. As Martinez catches the right hand and goes straight away to the corner. Tina 